Hey everybody, welcome to Exo Squad Girls, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. And I'm Chris Farentino. And there's no Ryan Harnady this week, but we have a hell of an episode for you. Um, Warrior ta- Brood. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 19, The Warrior Brood. Warrior um, Brood. The Warrior Brood. It's written by Mark Edens and a n- newcomer, Steve Cudden, Cudden, who apparently teaches at Point Park, Pittsburgh. So go take a class with him. Uh, this is the only episode he wrote on the series. And he's worked on, I mean, you name a car- cartoon from like the 90s, everything from Bonkers all the way up through, uh, he, he did a little Batman, he did some X-Men. <laughs> so he's in the family of... Who among us didn't do a little Batman back in the 90s? <laughs> oh yeah, he was big into Robocop Alpha Commando, if you know what I mean. For sure. Um, <laughs> it's a crazy time, Chris. <laughs> and some of those extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a one and done on this. So... You know, it's. I'm curious about why, if there was something that drew him to this episode, if it was a specific choice. But we'll we'll get into some of that stuff. Um, up front, what did you think about this episode, Chris? You know, um, <laughs> it wasn't a. I'm very. You know, I'm very. I'm very reticent to say negative things i just felt like this episode kind of brought us in a different direction from where we had been before we had been in such a grounded space such a, a mature adult grown-up space and um you know because i was thinking about this between episodes where where one of the things i didn't love about the earlier episodes with the pirates was the fact that although i love the pirates and i think that they're great wonderful hilarious characters was that the episodes that I think really strike me more are the ones that are a little bit more grounded and the pirates are these big flamboyant characters. Yeah. Um, and so like last episode, which was like super grounded, really got to a lot of um, real issues, showed the Neo sapiens as just, you know, different colored people and um, dealt with a lot of issues of race. And, and then we come to this episode, which has sort of carts, cartoonish <laughs> cartoonized the neo sapiens and made them these big um weird strange monsters i think sort of takes us away from that grounded aspect and makes it a little bit um you know i think a good episode of a cartoon show but it just seems a little bit out of what we had seen from previous episodes what you think of, so the last two episodes just to mention them where the uh, Alice Noretti comes back and you know she's a neo sapien like DNA mashup of you know Noretti's remains and that and she can't you know come to terms with what she is who she is and she ends up getting killed in a fiery crash at the end and that's how that episode ends horribly depressing uh the last episode we were dealing with space racists so like a, like you said real real shit and in this episode we have giant cartoony crab people uh and spider monsters so a big change of gears here um and it happens within the episode too like so from my side like i almost see the change in the whole series in like you know if you went to like 15 45 in this episode and you showed like the first half you'd be like wow this is a really mature like complex space opera if you show the last half, you'd be like, this is, you know, Samurai Pizza Cats or something, you know? Sure. Um, 
just because you know just we'll do a quick little rundown and then was, we'll was that a show was that, that actually show? was a show oh man <laughs> yeah uh which steve cutton didn't write for yeah. uh, or kudin i'm not sure jerk maybe he did actually just scrolling through really quick and no he did write for biker mice from mars though so oh, there's that baddest name pajamas in the universe yeah biker mice from mars um so basically the gist of the episode and it's big on sort of visuals and not so heavy on plot is that napier and tyree are having disagreement tyree wants to liberate australia napier's like no you know the counterattack will wipe us out you can't do it tyree's like you know crikey i'm gonna liberate my homeland and just super australians it up and the australians are really hilarious in their tiny tiny shorts and bleached blonde hair um and they liberate australia and they do all sorts of horrible things along the way like there's a whole bunch of like non-combat personnel that are fleeing and they drop a barrel bomb onto their hydrofoil and kill them all uh they almost kill some kangaroos in the crossfire um meanwhile hollis Hollis, is up on his new ship the cossack and helps deploy able squad to support the you know aussies in the counterattack and negotiate with them things get heated tyree is going to double cross napier Napier calls an able squad. Uh, there's a weird, super weird line where uh, they fire on able squad and Torres says, These guys are supposed to be friendlies. Use minimum force or I'll kick your butts. Which isn't a great line. Um, but it's, it's, it's all going well until basically Phaeton calls up his boy, uh, I think Pretorius, up in Antarctica and is like, My patience grows thin. I shall let your new brood teach the Terrans the price of rebellion. And this is where the episode turns. Where they basically do an info dump about how they've spliced animal DNA with Neosapien DNA. And you see Neosapiens in like test tubes and then they start like dancing and wiggling and they turn into like a velociraptor, a spider monster, uh, a crab person. Crab people, crab people, crab. Can we can we talk about these guys at some point? For a oh second? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna when we get to the. I'm just gonna okay. blow through this in two I, seconds. I have gonna... some deep thoughts on them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, for real. It, it reminds you why that it, it's 1994 and Jurassic Park came out a year before. Um. So basically, the you know the Neosapien uh, hybrids just like swarm the Australians and all that and fuck everything up. Um. Bronsky's fear of spiders is almost paid off because, or pays off because a spider attacks him. A literal Batman tackles Torres out of the air. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I wrote Batman too. Yeah, he's he's practically wearing the Batman jumpsuit. Um, you know, the Raptors can spit acid because Jurassic Park, and uh, yeah, you know, the basically Able Squad goes and hides out at a farm, and the Aussie rebels hide out at Parliament House, kind of waiting. For the hybrids to show up, um, not to gloss over the fact that Napier makes a blonde friend with a rocket launcher that comes in real handy when fighting the raptor people. But there's a lot of rocket launchers in this episode. Oh, all the rocket launchers. And eventually Tyreek pulls everyone back. You know, I don't know why I wrote this, but I just wrote Marsala is like, I can fuck with these gene freaks. So I don't know what I was trying to say there. Well, they, um, they don't attack Marsala. They only oh, attack that's humans. right. That's right. So yeah. Neo sapiens. So I'm glad. You, I'm glad you good. could interpret that. <laughs> um, well, that great line. Uh, Bronski can't stop talking about spiders. 
And yeah, that's we're waiting for the rest of the counterattack. Bronski goes full Pooh Bear. Um, <laughs> he goes into his frame look and he sees a spider and he gets like, I'm out of there, you crummy eight-legged web spinning freaking nature. You're not stowing away with Wolf Bronski. Not in this lifetime anyway. Stuck in it and it's just his butts hanging out like Winnie yeah, the Pooh. Meanwhile, all he had to do was like fly into space and probably the spider would freeze to death, maybe. I don't know how well sealed those things are, but it seemed like he could just go right in. They're not um, the Neosapien frames are not waterproof, we find out. They're yeah, oh yeah. space proof, but they do short circuit in water. And one of them short circuits and still gets a grenade thrown at it. How bad do you feel for that guy? He short circuits, then uh fucking surfer dude number four is just like <laughs> Like, crikey, he is a grenade for the Bobby and just throws a grenade at him and blows him up. Um, but yeah, it's it's like a pretty straightforward episode in terms of like, you know, they go there, there's a fight, they win the fight, another fight happens, they lose that fight, and the next episode, you know? Uh, fun fact, Napier's call sign is Ringmaster and Tyrese is Wombat. Ringmaster to Wombat. Come in, Wombat. This is Wombat. Go ahead, Ringmaster. It's about time. Um... Not super subtle. Um, Tyree's frame also has an oven mitt for a left hand. Yep, and it's dressed, it's basically kitted out like he's part of the Australian Olympic team, which is pretty great. It's true, yeah, it's home team colors. <laughs> he does say have great lines like, You were ordered not to attack. Orders we never received. And thanks for your congratulations on our success. Oh, he's really playing up that accent. He says something like, um, I liberated Australia. What did you ever do? Like, <laughs> oh, I saved Latin. What did you, what did you ever do? <laughs> and um, it's a jellyfish. Oh, it's a jellyfish. What's that you painting? That's a, a jellyfish. <laughs> Let me. So, yeah, that's the, the gist of it. They attack the Neo Sapiens, counterattack, they run. Um, yeah. I want to mention a few things that I thought were, I thought, pretty cool. Um, there, I mean, there was a lot of visuals that I thought worked really well. There's a lot of stuff of like, you know, in space over the over the Earth, which I thought was were some cool visuals. You know, moving the ship into geosynchronous orbit and the sun rising over the Earth. So there were some you know good visual moments. A lot of rocket launchers, which I always appreciate. Oh yeah, lots of big booms. Um, you know, some so the action I thought was was well done. The the you know, the There's, fighting the fighting the combat was was cool. The 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 idea of the attacking counterattack I thought was a nice There's a great part where when the crab people grabs a resistance guy and literally walk basically just walks him into the water to drown him. Crab. Crab oh my which, god, yes. Which, which was kinda of horrifying and like there's not the, I'll just jump in for one second. There's a lot of X Mening here, which is like, you know, Wolverine for all intents and purposes, can't be killed, right? So in the X-Men, what's he do? It's like, oh my god, there's, you know, Blabadon 7, you know, and it's like, what's his power? And Wolverine's like, whatever, enough talk, bub, and like, jumps in, and then Blabadon 7 uses whatever his superpower is to like, blast Wolverine to kind of show the stakes and what his power is. And they do that over and over again with like, oh, the Scorpion is gonna like, attack Maggie's E-frame and like, hit it, but she can do this against it, and the bad guy's going to tackle this, but he's vulnerable to rockets, you know? Um, it happens over and over and over again in this episode to show off the uh, cool capabilities of the hybrids. I always hated that, like, in Ninja Turtles, like, Leonardo was always getting, like, the sword knocked out of his hand. 
Because <laughs> like if he had the sword in his hand, he'd just chop everybody to death. Yeah. <laughs> and it's too easy. You know, it's too easy. <laughs> it's like Shredder's dead in the first episode. Well, like, that's why the Jedi's in Star Wars lose their lightsabers, is because if it just if they just had a laser sword, this would be over in five minutes. Yeah, unless you're uh what was that guy's name with the four lightsabers who just goes all spinny? Oh um, um General Grievous. Grievous, yeah. You fool! I've been trained in your Jedi arts. <laughs> but yeah i mean i can i say my favorite thing that any of the uh hybrids does in the thing sure is that when the crab people picks up delion's e-frame and like gorilla press slams it over his head for like a minute which is kind of great um and completely unrelated bronski fights a squid because he like crash lands in the ocean mm-hmm. and he can't get up and there's like just tentacles it's not ever identified as a neo sapien but I think he just like kind of started to fuck with the squid and, you know, he's like, oh, shit, I can't do this now. We didn't even see them make that. They, that was just there. Yeah, that was just there. That was like, you know, they didn't like poop it out of the uh, research facility into the ocean and like say start swimming. This is this um, is my deep thought on the creatures when yeah. they were making the raptor. <laughs> whose idea was it to go khakis and no shirt? <laughs> How should we dress this guy? I think just khakis and and just no, we don't don't need the shirt. At least give him like cool goggles or something like that, or you know, elbow pads. Also, where do they get raptor DNA? Is is he see? Okay, so like, oh, here's the thing: the the choice of you threw um, a dinosaur in there for no reason. Like, you know, bat bats are real; they exist. Yeah, yeah. crab, I, squids, fine. Spiders, cool. The raptor? Well, well, then because Jurassic Park, right? Well, I guess so. <laughs> because raptors were like, I remember being a kid and seeing this. And I didn't give a shit about crab people, about like Batman. Um, no, you just like them because they're super ripped. Well, yeah, they, they got, first they got swimmer's abs, for yeah, one. They weren't, um, don't need no shirt. <laughs> but they literally combined all the best parts of Jurassic Park. Like, they can spit acid like the, uh, the ones that kill Wayne Knight. They can... They have the Dilophosaurus. There you go. <laughs> Fuck. No way I was gonna remember that. Um they I've you seen, know, they got I've, the big raptor claws. I've seen that they, movie a lot. Yeah. I saw it actually a couple of weeks ago. That movie's so great. So good. Um But Thinking Machine Supercomputer. Um You know that the the name of the supercomputer is Thinking Machine? Yeah, yeah. It's actually it was a company back in like the uh late ni- or early nineties. Yeah. The uh, so it was actually product placement, but it just in retrospect, like twenty years on, it just sounds hilarious. I I, I I didn't know that until very recently, and I thought it was just like this folksy old <laughs> computer program, <laughs> thinking machine supercomputers, and you know that'd be a great like obtuse rap name. Laundry just... machine washing your clothes, like <laughs> nice. Um, like that'll never exist. But yeah, but yeah, the fucking the khakis cuz they're the I think they're the only ones that wear no Batman has clothes on. Batman has like pajamas on. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a Batman. Like, like Batman pajamas. Yeah. Um the crap people just look hilarious the whole time. Um they're like it's hard to take them seriously and also like who thought that spider guys were a great idea cuz you know they seem very specific, you know, like, yeah, I think it's there to 
pay off Bronsky's fear of spiders. I guess if he was like, oh my God, a raptor. <laughs> there's, there's a raptor in my frame. Bronsky, <laughs> Bronsky you need to stop drinking, man. Like, <laughs> there, I hate these pink elephants that keep appearing. Pink elephants. Pink elephants. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a weird choice for what they decided. But yeah, it's the fact that they're raptors. Because at that point, it's like, wouldn't you just be like, eh, elephant, uh, whatever can't be killed easily, um, shark, um, gun, I don't know, like, just get creative with it, but, yeah, it's... <laughs> I just imagine but, the Neo Megas when they were, like, coming up with the design, and they're like, what do you think for the grab people? Uh, just, like, ripped <laughs> arms, biceps, yeah. just... Big arms, biceps, big shell... What about Batman? Pajamas and wings. <laughs> what about the spider? Kind of like a helmet. <laughs> kind of like looking like they're wearing a helmet with like, I want the shoulders to have spikes on them just in case someone wants to tap them on the shoulder. Yeah. They are going to be high up. Safety first. But um, what about what about your raptors? <laughs> like, no shirts. Shredded like a ninja turtle. We, we uh, ordered a large order of khakis that we can't return. So I'm thinking just to put them in the khakis. <laughs> get khakis that are the right size. Wash them. Dry them. Get them too small and let them rip. Get some belts. No shoes. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want to... Uh, though they would look sick in like a pair of Converse with like the big raptor... <laughs> claws poking out are you kidding me if they were all drummers <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a spinoff where it's like where it's just the raptors and they're just like fucking skateboarders i just wanted to say like brooklyn 1989 and like a raptor comes skateboarding through another one's just like playing the drums like in the middle of the street you know oh yeah literally the beastie boys yeah that that's gonna be the episode title i think um, <laughs> a little too on the nose but but yeah, so with this episode, it definitely feels like, you know, we, we don't want to say the shark has been jumped because I don't think it has because there's a lot of meat left on these bones. We've jumped the raptor in khakis. Yeah. But like, it's a definite change because they're definitely, I, I remember there's still some very real episodes coming up. Um, yeah, no. I, and it's funny because this is one I remember in particular for its for the villains in it and i think that i'm i'm very curious to where it's gonna go because i you know i don't know i don't know this necessarily signifies a change in the entire series it just seems like a little bit out of place given how grounded and serious everything's been yeah i mean freaking but maybe that was a reaction maybe they were like oh we need to do a fun one yeah we killed we killed off james burns last episode he gave his life to save marsala he had a bionic eye leg and arm and now we're doing bright red and yellow colored crab people australian colored crab people pretty much yeah it's 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 a weird change it's like it's like zero to 60 you know (laughs) i never never knew they'd be australian crabs well, that's that's what they need to do. They just need to build a big enough Barbie, and they'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I just think it's a little bit of a departure, and that's um, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. I'll live. Yeah. No, for real. Uh, but I just I always remember 
that this is like from here on out it's like you know those moment those times of like you know typhonis the fool you know draconis this you know shiva now it's just like it's very much all about those hybrids you um, know? yeah um the answer to the new omega here's some other thoughts that i had uh they they liberate this is okay so i I wish there had been some imperative as to why they couldn't wait to liberate australia yeah oh yeah um it's just like we've got to go now like why why do you have to go now um and two is there any irony in the fact that they they've liberated australia and they raise the australian flag which has the british flag in it (laughs) That like you're not gonna colonize us, Britain is. Yeah, yeah. You think they would have figured that out by then? Like had a <laughs> had a new one drawn up, or um, yeah, no man. Also, by the way, this is how like serious like the first half of the episode is. Like Nara has to stay behind on the Cossack, um, to make room for Napier to go down and negotiate with Tyree, and she goes up to the bridge with Hollis, and Hollis is like. You wish you were with them. And she basically says, They're the only family I have now. So it's like we go from that kind of like ennui to, you know, look out for the bad guys. And like, you know, such a crazy, cartoony, horrifying fight. I mean, there is like some really heavy stuff. I actually thought the uh, the resistance stuff was almost a little darker because it was more real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like when they dropped that barrel bomb on that hydrofoil and kill all those dudes the um this is a, later on but when the crab grabs that guy to drown him it's terrifying that's oh a, yeah that's a that hard a, moment that's a great moment yeah because he's like he's just screaming the whole time and no one really tries to save him which is the best part and, yeah it's like it's like he's not important enough for that to be to be saved so it's like bye <laughs> right yeah. now right now in you know sydney there's just a body at the bottom of the river <laughs> with like a crab person doing a little crab dance over it <laughs> <laughs> hello my baby hello money <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's and also again i mean we've been the color scheme too of the uh the hybrids is very super bright um which is kind of a contrast to we've been getting you know the mop-up operation like it's been the colors have been established with like the purple versus this versus that so seeing these very much like 90s looking toys running around really uh really shifts it up a little bit but you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna reserve full judgment until we get to later episodes for sure i don't think the show stops being a good show and i think it doesn't you know um, take away from anything that we've seen before. Obviously, yeah. I think it is a little bit of a departure, and that's okay. It's yeah, you know, it's a little bit. It's a kind of a it's a kind of a bummer because I felt like, you know, we talked about that first season with such in such glowing terms as being like a really well put together serious adult cartoon drama, and I think we'd sort of rediscovered that recently. Um, so to see it kind of go back into the more cartoonish territory is a little bit disappointing but you know it's okay yeah exactly and like if there's anything that it does that's good is that it kind of one ups it ups the stakes you know where before it was like oh you know if actually well i was gonna say it 
their weapons are more or less ineffective against it. So it makes the sort of deus ex machina of the e-frame battle, you know, kind of move. Well, it's like, so what's, so what, yeah, so what's the point of these creatures? Also, why didn't they use the solar flare? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I think that every time. Yeah, I um, know. But I think, you know, we, we've, this sort of, the larger conversation of the show is what does it mean to be human, right? Yeah. And I think, so like the point of these creatures, I, I guess, is to, you know, the Neo-Sapiens in a desperate attempt to win have made themselves more grotesque. Yeah. Or, more, or have for, gone further away from being human. Yeah. Right? And intelligence and communication, especially in the last episode where we established that the Neo-Sapiens, for all intents and purposes, are human. You know? Right. right. There's, everyone's, everyone's good, you know? And like they're going the phaeton is pushing it in the opposite direction like you said and you know so is yeah Sorry. i was gonna say he, he, you know and he himself is like a gooey guy so he's losing his humanity day by day you know what was what was left of it at least which but which i think is interesting you know i do i don't think that so i, I don't want to appear as if the point's lost on me that um that i don't understand these this departure from humanity and you know, either Phaeton's gooeyness or these creatures. So I, so I, I get it. I just don't know that it's executed as well as it could have been, you know, in a show yeah. that's, that's otherwise usually pretty flawless in its execution. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much, again, everything is so set up and so well plotted, even though, you know, as you know, we, we talked about uh, in our, our interview with Mr. Edens a while ago. Um, some of it was happy accidents. Some of it was not, but you know, you had like this very, everything felt in the past couple episodes felt very natural. Like there was a buildup, there was the war, there was the aftermath, there was this. And then, like you said, why does Napier or why does Tyree need to go right now? You know, why does, you know, where's the imperative? Of it? Where's this? Why, why are we here? Kind of thing. It just if, felt out of left field, you know. If if you were doing this show again, would you scrap? Here are your choices. Would you scrap the plot line altogether of these hybrids? Would you um, introduce it and then pay it off in a later episode in a more serious way, so they're not brightly, brightly colored and <laughs> wearing khakis? What would you? How would you? Would you? Because I think I think the point's a good one. I think that. Um, and I, and I almost do think we get it with Phaeton, but like, what would you, how would you approach this, that idea of losing your humanity? You see, I, I would kind of like, like you, to me, you don't necessarily need the liberation of Australia. I mean, it's going it's to pay off and everything like that later, but like, you know, if they had just basically said, look, you know, Phaeton has decided to go full genocide and, you know, has assembled basically hunter killer packs to find the resist because like, you know, his generals couldn't find them and they were right below the headquarters and all this stuff. Um, if he had basically genetically modified them to, to create basically inhuman, like hunters, you know, kind of like, um, in the matrix, like the, the squids. So like, like, like a more serious looking. Yeah. Like, like a little more, like you can even keep some of like the, uh, the crab people thing or something like that, but like cut out, I would cut out some of the more extraneous ones. Maybe you do three of them, you know, like here's the tracker. Here's 
the brute. Here's the, uh, I don't know, the predator or whatever. Sure. Um, but then you pay it, then you start paying it off that he's, you know, they're more effective. They're loyal. They're unquestionably loyal. There's all this stuff. So he goes further and further in that path. And then you still get that good episode. Cause I, I forget who gets stuck in like a maze. Is it JT gets stuck in like a maze with one of them later on. And then like, but you know, you still get all that good stuff, but you know, you, you kind of make it a little darker. You make it a little more serious, but at, you know, at the end of the day, this is a show that was intended for a younger audience, you know? Right. Um, so, but so you agree, you sort of are on board with this, the idea of, yeah. Cause I, I like the broad stroke of it a lot where it's like, he's losing his humanity and he wants to convey that onto a growing, Oh, the neosaping population is getting more weary with the war and with him and everything. And he sees that and he wants something he can, he can control. So he makes animals basically. Right. You know, um, what would you do? What would, what would your approach be? I mean, I, I, I sort of, I, I dig, I dig what you're saying. I, I think that that's, I think that there's a better approach to it, which would be to, um, I think, I mean, it depends on what you can do and what you want to do. Like, I think if it were me, because, you know, we're sort of being analogous to World War II and Hitler, you know, they came up with some new, you know, the V2 rockets and all these different sort of inventions. The, you know, the jet engine plane came into being and that, that might have helped win the war had it, had they not been too late and had, they had too, you know, they had too few of them and it was too late in the war. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I th- so I think that there's something interesting about the desperate move to win the war. And I think there's interest, something interesting about the losing the humanity thing. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I think if they had, yeah, you know, introduced it a little bit earlier, I think if, you know, like say in this episode and, and paid it off two episodes from now or next episode, even, I think if you had shown some of the Neo sapien, um, like you had said the the Neo sapien resistance to the war, the weird, their weariness, their, you know, we had a, a greater sense of the conditions that like, that like this wasn't going to go on much longer, you know? And then yeah. unless, unless something dramatic happened or there was a way to cause a stalemate. So then we see Phaeton being forced into a situation where he needs to do, you know, there's a more, there's an imperative for him to create these creatures. He's like, he's like you know, we're losing too many regular soldiers. Um, we need, you know, I've got, well, I've got this idea that, you know, I mean, that wasn't going to say anything, but I think it's, you know, somebody comes up with this and it's like, well, what is it? And it's like, well, we can blend our DNA with these other creatures and we can come up with this, like you said, like this, these task force, these hunter killer task force. I think that could have been very interesting and very effective. Um, well, and, and done, and, you know, and you don't have to necessarily lose the, the fun aspect of it either. I think, but I think you could plant it and pay it off a little bit more. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because like, Pretorius was sent up there forever ago at this. Now it feels like, um, and we've had like so many flashes in other episodes of like five second scenes to just keep something fresh in our mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, to me, it would like, kind of like you're saying, say if you go back an episode, you have a flash of, you know, him doing a test and it's like, we're going to, you know, put pit these captured resistance fighters against our new warrior. And you don't see what's happening, but you see the look of fear in the warrior's face or in the resistant guy's faces before they all get like killed somehow. And Phaeton's like, excellent, you know? 
And then, like, you, so you set up that kind of, like, there's something horrible that they're working on thing. And then you pay it off with, like, here's our deployments of it, you know? So, I don't, I mean, it's so tough because there's, like, so much that was going on in the past couple of episodes. And, like, you know, but it, it just feels like a little zero to 60, you know? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think what's, what's tough about this show is that um, other than the fact that it's animated, it's a drama. And yeah. most dramas are an hour or 40 minutes. Um, so to see a drama play out in 20 minutes, like it, it kind of makes you realize, oh, that's maybe not long enough. You know, yeah, like there's a, re- so. there, there's a reason dramas are an hour, they're 40 minutes. It's, and it's because you have to do so much uh, groundwork in order to set up the stakes and the obstacles and introduce the characters. Whereas in a comedy, it's, you know, you're, what you're trying to accomplish is a little bit different. It's jokes, 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 and then we're we're out. Um, so I think, so I think, you know, I, I've come, I've said this a lot on this podcast and other places um, to the mirror. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that like my one my one wish for the show is that it was longer, and but and I don't necessarily mean more episodes. I just mean, you know, every episode is a little bit longer. You can develop things a little bit more, and and I think one of those ones. One of the ones that really work, they're they're like self-contained, but they're they're they come at a great time in the story, and then they're sort of self-contained. You know, like last week's episode, I think came at a really good point in the story. That's when that story would happen, and then it it we got everything we needed out of that episode. We didn't need it to be two parts. Yeah, you know, this one could have been an hour. I think it would have works better yeah no that, that's not, and that's no and that's no one's fault sorry but that that's yeah, that's no, not that's, that's not a that's not a complaint with the edens is or will Mignot. yeah no but it's it's definitely like you know it, it's the constraints of the medium and you know in the end of the day it's you got to get it out there you got to get it done and you got to figure out the best way to do it and sometimes you gotta you know just get it done get it out and yeah. Then you can go do the really cool stuff, which is going to be coming up, you know? Um, I think that's a good place to move on to the second half. Who's your MVP for this episode? <laughs> is it fine? Is it weird that in my head I hear MVP? Every, you know, every time I say it, there's like a pause, and I'm like, are they pausing for the, the stinger? <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I always appreciate, because it makes my job easier. But, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I give it to, uh, Tyree for just being a badass and not listening to anybody. I'm going to give it to that crab Neosapien that grabs that dude and goes into the water. <laughs> Cause he really shows like the terror of this thing, you know? And he's, the, I think he's the same one that like gets shot a bunch of times and just grenades bounce off him and all this stuff. So, I'm gonna give it to that dude for for just living his best life, his best crab life. <laughs> I just I have it on the background. And I just click to that part, and I just watch. <laughs> and he like hops, he's like he hops into the water. He he like he's like here I go. Oh yeah, he's like cannonball. He's, he's being shot at. Yeah, he just grabs the guy and then walks off, and he's being shot at. And like no one follows that guy. Um, yeah. No one's like, Cookie, no. No, it's, it's just very much like, well, he's dead. <laughs> Come on, Cookie. 
uh somewhere cookie's just like do you think cookie's on the cassock up there cookie cookie's like the one guy who he like lives the longest <laughs> he, he's he's like telling this story after everyone's gone he's like you can still remember but yeah a thousand years ago <laughs> cook so cookie's immortal is what you're saying <laughs> um yes he's snoop dog reading real new york gangsters to a bunch of kids the dream project it'll happen it'll happen someday uh you got anything you want to plug um i would like everybody who's listening to go to etsy.com and look up two two five films no yeah you can look up two five films <laughs> that's not how it works i'm cross-promoted <laughs> my synergy is off the hook <laughs> um go to etsy.com look up uh, two loopy ladies get yourself a crocheted hat or scarf uh, you can also find 25 films on Etsy. If you need a, a wedding film made or a, a video of any kind, please do that. Those are my plugs. Those are always my plugs. <laughs> hey, and and as always, if you go to patreon.com slash goals, you can pledge as little as $2 to help us uh, keep this thing going. And, you know, next week we're going to do we're going to give you that Pirates of Dark Water episode. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that the miniseries that came out in 1999. So yeah, that's, that's a request that our friend Josh Gee totally, uh, fucking hooked us up and now he gets to get that episode. So we're going to talk about that. That could be you. You. Yeah. If you, if you give us money, we will talk about you. Yeah. Or, or we will talk about anything that you love. No, we will talk about you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll do it. You got anything you want to recommend? Um, what? If, oh, you know what I want to recommend? Uh, the Will and Grace revival. Is it good? Yes. If you liked Will and Grace, if you like Will and Grace, you'll love Will and Grace. Um, <laughs> I've watched the first two episodes like on NBC.com. There's commercials, which is a weird experience. Um, <laughs> if I think it's hilarious, I it's very, it's so funny watching a. a studio audience show again yeah. and i think and i think if you didn't like it and if you don't like that kind of stuff obviously don't watch it because it's so like silly and on the nose but i just find the all of the performers so delightful and I, it's sort of like watching a play like i just that's how i feel i'm like oh yeah this seems like watching a like i'm watching like just a a play and it's silly and there's no you know I, so I, I was delighted by it, but I could understand how someone could equally, in equal measure, it not be their cup of tea, you know? No, absolutely. And it's like... It's like puns, a, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. But it's like, the the studio shows have kind of like been coming back with like your... Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, the one on CBS. The the Bazinga. The Big uh, Bang uh, Theory. Young, young Sheldon, you mean? Yes, the youngest of Sheldons. But yeah, like they've been coming back, but it's it's good when you see like the the pros, like they're like, move over kids, we got this shit. And like No, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's no, it's well done. It's the same I mean the 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 writing's really sharp and silly. It's it approaches topics of today's age with those characters and um you know, it's just like the same people who did you know, so I I, I find it delightful. And I don't yeah. and um I, I've been enjoying it. All two episodes I've seen so far. <laughs> well, I'm going to recommend, I'll do a quick recommend because I want you to see this and then we can maybe talk about it later. But uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 is fucking amazing. So go see it. 
But my real recommendation is that season three of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is premiering this Friday, I think. And that show is immensely clever, very subversive, and just fucking hilarious. It goes into some stuff that you wouldn't think it would go into. But it's and if you've lived in California, it's definitely worth watching because one of the initial conceits. So the initial conceit of the show is that a high powered New York lawyer meets like a childhood crush she had. She's having a nervous breakdown. She moves out to West Covina, California to like kind of stalk him and be like, we're going to be together forever. But it turns out life isn't what she thought it was going to be there. But so there are lots of uh, Inland Empire kind of, you know, jokes, which are great. But the characters are great. It's a musical show. And yeah, it's very funny. So check that shit out because it's been keeping me laughing for two two years now. So, but any final thoughts, my man? You know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to next week and we'll see what happens with this show um, and where it goes from here. Because I, I honestly don't really remember um, you know, bits and pieces of things, but, um, I'm curious to see what the next episode is. And I think it'll be, you know, I don't, I don't want uh, anyone to think this is a, a hate episode, but, um, no, but know, it, it, there's, it's, 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 it's established, it's, a, it's established a form and I'd like to, you know, work, see yeah. it work within that form. Yeah. Well, it's a very transitional episode. And so the next exo squad episode is going to be the dream war. What, but we're, that's going to be not next week, but the week after. But next week, we're going to be putting out our Dark Water episode. So check that shit out. You know, hopefully you like it. And maybe more of that sort of stuff comes down the pipe. But uh, in that case, I would like to say that our intro and outro music is done by Eric Calderon. You can find the stuff on YouTube at 331 E-Rock. His stuff shreds. Check it out. Ryan would totally be talking about how awesome it is right now. Maybe I can just splice something in. Probably not. Uh a new episode comes out every Saturday-ish on the internet. Um, you can find us on Twitter at ExosquadGoals. Email us at, email us at ExosquadGoals at gmail.com. Uh, and leave us a review. Five stars would be great. We would really appreciate it. Write a review for iTunes or wherever you get us from. And share it with your friends. You know, we have friends that... Friends. We have people we know that don't know this show and listen to it and even still enjoy it. So, you know, get it out there. Maybe they'll like us. Maybe they'll hate us. Maybe that makes it better. Um, but as always, I'm Chris Mastalone. And I'm Chris Farentino. Uh, are there any heroes in this company? No, no sir. sir. <laughs> yeah, Ryan was there. You heard him, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Hollywood. Hollywood. America. Yeah. Hollywood, Chicago, New York. Apple, Apple boxes. Welcome to Miami, bienvenidos. Miami. <laughs> it's aloha. Hello and goodbye. I only use it to say bye. Yeah, no, I... I which which <laughs> is right. weird because most people are... All right, aloha. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Thanks. I, I was in Miami a couple of months ago and uh, I definitely... Play that song way more than I should have. Like it was that constant rotation. I hope it was on a boombox.
No, out, it, outside. <laughs> if by a Hyundai rental car, you mean boombox, then yes. Wait, you brought that song with you, like on a CD? No, no, I, I actually had to look it up on YouTube and just get, <laughs> keep pressing play. <laughs> You're like, wait, up. honey, we can't go. Why not? I've got one. I need to find something. Here it you is. Don't, you don't understand. We're going to the place where the heat is on all night, every day till the break of dawn. <laughs>